Happy Tuesday. Hello, everybody. It is the 5th of February, and that means one week from winter tea. Yes. Yay. Very exciting. I know. Yes. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? It is. It is. We had like five registrations this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're like, you know what I mean? Come on. Come on over. Yeah, we're not done. If you guys want to come, come. Keep coming. Yeah. We we get registrations every day, but yeah, that was cool. Went to bed, woke up, five. So, you know, come on. Come one, come all. Yeah. We're excited. We'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here. You might as well be too. Yeah. Why? Why? (laughs) Why do it alone, right? Right. Right. Yep. So uh, it's been a glorious week and with another glorious week ahead of us where lots and lots of things that Papa is doing, lots of things Papa is saying. So nothing but just expectancy. Yeah, for sure. Overflowing expectancy, would you say? Yes. Do you feel like yours is overflowing? <laughs> Right at the edge. Really? Well, wow, huh? so you haven't quite overflowed yet. <laughs> it's just yet. about to crest. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. Well, no, I get that. You know, because you know, for us, this is this is a time where there's a lot of pressure. It's kind of like giving birth, and um, so of course I'm an expert at giving birth as a man. It's a joke. Right. And but anyway, it feels like there's lots of pressure and lots of things swirling, and that's really cool on one side. And the other side, it can be. A little uncomfortable. Is that true? <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay. That's true. Well, then we I have think a I think I had a great pressure relief yesterday. It's like that moment when you're using a pressure cooker and, like, you're trying to keep it on the right ring, you know, like our pressure cooker. We have two yes. rings, and usually your recipe wants it on the first ring, so you're really watching it to make sure, you know, it's not at our she blows, you know, so... <laughs> You're keeping it on this place so it really comes. When you take that lid off, it's what it's supposed to be. So, And then there's when you turn the heat off and just, it's just, it's so satisfying the sound yes. <laughs> it makes. When the pressure is coming out and you're waiting for that and you get to take the lid off. So yesterday was kind of that for me and I got to take the lid off. So that's why I'm just about to crest because it was all being held in there. On the first ring, and now the lid is off. That's good. That's like your description for the day <clears throat> is you get to take your lid off today. Yes. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah, when we get to see the wonderful <clears throat> surprise of a finished meal inside yeah. the pressure cooker. Yeah, yeah. To me, that translates to something yummy to eat. Right, a feast. Because I'm kind of a foodie. You you are or totally a foodie. There's I mean, no kind of. Is there a kingdom word like feasty? Am I a feasty? A feasty, yes. Yeah, I'm a feasty, which is to say that I have a a heart for feasting. Yeah, yeah. This is after we got to go on date night, which we hadn't had our usual date night for a bit, and because we've been working on things, and. Uh, using that time together to encourage each other, spur each other on. But we did get to go to date night to a favorite restaurant of ours. And uh, Mm. (laughs) you're already. And the whole thing was just you really just the glory of what you were eating and 
Yeah, celebrating. Yes, celebrating Papa and as a feasty. Yeah, and um, and that that's such a redemptive way of looking at it. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not just food for the purpose of yeah, food. yeah. Because he in scripture even or especially food is like there's certain foods that he really uses to draw us and let us know that he wants to be enjoyed. He wants to be uh, a feast for us. And yeah. Yeah. So that was last night for sure. Yeah. Totally. I don't usually get a dessert, but I got one because I really had wanted my reward for completing Terraforming Communion to be that I never have to type again, which after last week's podcast, you'll understand. But since that's not going to be the case, my person felt like I should have a dessert. You did, and it was—it looked wonderful. Yeah, it was good. I know mine was, was off the charts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, at one moment he goes, "Is your is your dessert as good as mine is over here?" His was chocolate, and mine wasn't. So I knew, like for him, of course, no, mine wasn't going to be as good. But but it was really good. The waiter recommended it, and he wasn't really a waiter. He was kind of a connoisseur. Like he just was so excited about everything he got to do and that we got to be part of it. So that was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, we can roll on. Yes. Papa's got uh, some neat things to say. And, you know, one of the, the things that really stood out to me uh, yesterday in immersion was uh, sort of this 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 little thing that Papa said about the trajectory of our covenant choices. And I think we all are purposed mm-hmm. for Papa's best. And yeah. that's that's <clears throat> Ma and Mai's prayer this morning is we're purposed for Papa's best. And that's what we want more than anything. And, um, and so yesterday he really gave this short but, but cool um, lesson on the trajectory of covenant choices. And so... What he said was that uh, he reminded us of King David and King Saul. And he said that King Saul was the son of Rachel. And King David was the son of Leah. And that was awesome because it, you know, most people, you know, you're thinking, well, David was the son of Jesse or David was the tribe of Judah. But what Papa was saying is that the tribe that Saul was from had the the matriarch of Rachel, and the tribe that David was from had the matriarch of Leah. And, And so what he said to me is, Jacob chose Rachel, but Papa chose Leah. And so Leah was Papa's best. Leah was God's will, God's way. Leah was what Papa had in his heart for Jacob. But he loved Jacob so much that he said, you know, I'm going to honor and bless what you choose, but but look at the downstream fruitfulness of our good versus his best. Uh-huh. And And in the case of Jacob's good, Rachel, whom he loved, who he fought for, who he worked seven years to get, you know, (laughs) ended up producing a king 
that God had to reject. And Leah, whom God called, whom uh, God even allowed uh, through their father to become Jacob's wife almost through a deception, you mm-hmm. know? And so people would say, well, why would Leah be yeah. God's best, you know? But that that's that's exactly what Papa's plan was, is he turned, you know, uh, it's uh, Laban, right? Mm-hmm. Laban's um, choice of deception. But Laban was responding to something. He just didn't go about it very well. Yeah. And Which caused him to react. He did. He, he reacted. He couldn't recognize what was being given to him, so he reacted to the gift instead of responding to the giver, I think. And yeah. so, because you wonder, because you know, we don't hear a lot about Leah, who was, you know, a mother of David, and we don't hear a lot about her, and you know, We've talked about this before, but it just says Leah had weak eyes. But what that really translates to is Leah was tender to be able to see things the way God did. Like, that's what he knew of her when he was, you know, just had this design bursting from his heart. He knew she could see things. And then we kind of know Leah as the, (laughs) the grumpy wife who, you know, caused some discord and things like that between the the other, you know, women in the household. And But how would that have been different if she had been chosen instead of given in the way she was? If, if um, Jacob would have been able to respond to the gift of her, or the gift that God was giving him and it can kind of be that way with, you know, our relationships now, I think probably maybe especially marriage, but where God said this was my person. God said this was the one. And then it's like a, a trap instead of a gift, you know? And it's like, how would these relationships be different if we were like, you're not what I had to choose. You're my gift from God. You know, anyway, didn't mean to, Hi, Jack, you there? <laughs> <laughs> Jack's outside. He's very stirred by that. Yes, well, that's, that's, that is. It's very stirring because, you know, we, we, are, uh, uh, we are first responders. That's mm-hmm. who we are. We're not nuclear reactors. Yeah. We're first responders. And our call is to know what's in Papa's heart and to treasure what's in Papa's heart. Mm-hmm. Because what was in Papa's heart was David. Yes. And so when he chose Leah... He was saying to Jacob, you know, I I need a man after my own heart, and I'm going to get there through Leah, and that's precious, that's eternal, that's that's the 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 world change, and and what also was precious in Papa's heart was Jesus, yeah, and Jesus yeah. Jesus was a son of Leah, and so if you can if you can see what God can do mm-hmm. with with the things that are in his heart. He's got something precious. And he, like we talked about um, in Parallel Roots, in Terraforming Resurrection, you know, Papa knows all ends. He knows every choice and 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 billions and billions of people 
and and all of the choices that they're capable of, and that's a lot of zeros. I don't know how big of a number that is, <laughs> but it's a lot of zeros. Mm-hmm. It's 10 to the 15 or 10 to the 18 or whatever choices. And Papa knows if any one of them were to choose, were to change, I mean, we would have almost a 10 to an infinite number, you know, like something that's beyond <clears throat> us. And still, Papa knows the end of every choice. And so he... Um, gives us the 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 place in his heart very tenderly you know this is this is the best this is what mm-hmm. would be the best for you this is what would yeah. be the best for everybody and you know will you choose it will you will you choose me to be mm-hmm. that and um this is why you know we also have said that Jesus is our amen you know yeah. he is our faithful and true and if we will choose him to be the faithful and true in us then then papa will order our steps and we can be reconciled to his best his will his way so that we can have that kind of fruit cuz mm-hmm. that's who god is don't we want our um the fruitfulness of our life to be David's and Jesus's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it comes down to trust, really. You know, do we trust his goodness? Do we trust that even when it looks different than we would have done it, that he's working all things together for good, and we aren't all. We're a part. We're a portion. And so there are things he's doing, and that when we trust him, hope, hope comes. And so, yeah, well, I, I feel kind of bad cause you just had this lovely topic and I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> Good. But you know what? It really, it, it really does connect. Good. So, you know, so every year, um, I'm very aware of just what Papa might be speaking and, you know, it's, because I do believe he speaks through everything, but I don't know, the Super Bowl just really draws me to a different awareness in that season, in the the season that we're in. And, uh, you know, I, of course, was a, a cheerleader, my great takeaway from high school. And, uh, but I, I had a football-loving dad. So, um, College and professional. In college, it was OU. Professional, it was the Cowboys, who, of course, is America's team. But so anyway, as a cheerleader, my dad was pretty... He wasn't a cheerleader. With me, as a, his daughter as a cheerleader, he was kind of fanatical about me understanding the game. So we would do cheers about first downs and... <laughs> We would have this conversation like I knew after, like I think he came to the games, yes, because he loved football, but he wanted to make sure I was the most knowledgeable cheerleader out there. So if we did a cheer about first downs, there'd be this whole conversation. Did I know what a first down was? And what did that mean? And did I even know what I was cheering about? Because there would be times like, you know, one of the other cheerleaders would just go, on a, you know, defensive chant and we're in offense, you know, we're on the offense. And so I was not going to be that kid. My dad was going to make sure of it. So now it's funny sometimes watching the game because they've changed, you know, not first downs, obviously, but so many of the rules sometimes I'm like, oh, 
man, <laughs> what's happening here? Anyway, so it was Super Bowl 44 when Papa first started talking to me through the games. So I shared a little bit last week just about um, the Rams going to the Super Bowl. And um, so I think we both have pieces of this that will be part of winter tea. So I just want to share as far as I can now, uh, which I had an awesome moment. We had Sunday in the Park, which is a gathering we do um, one Sunday a month. And we celebrate all the birthdays and it's just open to the public and we play games and things like that. So sitting with Kat as we're eating, because it's a potluck, because we have to have food. And, and she's like, you know, I've been, I've been praying. And, you know, she was really awakened on Sunday morning and Papa told her the Rams weren't going to win, you know? And so she really, um, had this whole thread about that, which I think will probably come more into winter tea, but, um, and she sent me an email this morning. I haven't gotten to read it, but, but anyway, when Kat starts sharing something like that, you kind of pay attention because she's not one to just loosely, um, give away revelation that she has. She really just really soaks in it and lets it become real. So I was like, huh, Okay, and not, I really, like, I don't, I mean, if the Cowboys were there, I'd be rooting for the Cowboys, a, a few other teams, but I really wasn't rooting for anyone or praying for anyone to win. It's, wasn't, it's not that kind of picture. It's just what the overall story is. So um, I'm always just praying for no one to get hurt and see, mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that. But um, so in my, my overall picture for this season, it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, so the thing I noted going into the game was people were really calling for war. And it was a really specific war which just tore at my heart, which was the generations were at odds. Like this was about the old and the young and the battle of the best of, you know, that kind of thing. This was being called the battle of the generations. And when you're someone who even within your family covenant, it's about the generations walking together and birthing together. That's, that's a tough sell you know, for me. So I'm just like, all right. Okay. And just seeing just how that is uh, where we are in the world right now. It's like, Everything needs to be a war. There has to be, you know, this winner and loser. And, and of course, in a football game, there does need to be, or we'd still be watching right now. (laughs) Anyway, so just to my nutshell. So there was a lot of history making things in this game, which I feel like is just Papa saying, don't forget your history. That he really wants us to remember some things. So this was the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history with a score of 13 to 3. And um, so just in those numbers, you have 13 is a womb. It's a, a birthing place. And then 3 is charity. It's that reaching out our hand to those in need with one hand and the sword and the other. It's Gamel. It's the sword and the other that separates, that brings light to their darkness so they can see our hand reaching out for them and they could choose it. But Along with it, I saw it's 10 points between, so it was a testimony between them. And that is his heart. 
for the generations is that the testimony would never be lost. That's what happened in the wilderness. That's what's happened in our history is people have forgotten. Entire generations have forgotten who he is and what he does. And he is calling us to remember to not forget, you know, or don't forget to remember. It's He doesn't want this people in this day to be the ones that don't continue passing the testimony, testifying to who he is and what he does in our life. He doesn't want testimony to be lost. Um, and then you had the oldest coach and quarterback duo with the Patriots and the youngest coach-quarterback duo with the Rams. And just this other picture of he was bringing the generations together for something, not to be at war. And I even think that's um, that's why the score was lower, not because they weren't playing well. And, and just saw this humble comment from the Rams coach just really honoring Bill Belichick that he was like, I was outcoached, you know? Um, and that took a lot for someone to say. He didn't blame anybody. I loved that. Like I saw something in each team that was just like, you know, that could have gone such a different way. He didn't blame anyone and maybe himself more, but he wasn't looking for who to blame. He just humbly received a different kind of victory, you know, because there was a victory in that. There was. So anyway, um, but this was a drawing together of the generations, not something meant to separate and identify one as better, but this is a drawing together that he had. Um, and then also there was a punt in the game that was 65 yards, so the longest punt in Super Bowl history. At first I thought that was a field goal, and I was like, oh my, <laughs> wow. But it, it was a punt, but it was 65 yards, and I just felt like the picture of that being historical was for us to remember how far love goes and how long his arm is and that he never stops reaching for us um, with that charity, with that gamel. And uh, because he has something in his womb for us, he's got something that he has for us. Um, and then this other moment that I just really loved related to the Patriots, it just it gave me so much hope. All of it was just, it gave me so much hope. So I had, first of all, never seen, and I didn't actually see any of the game, so I only saw the halftime show and then the end after uh, the game was over. But I'd never seen, like, a player so surrounded, and of course, um, Tom Brady, you know, himself made made a history, and <coughs> but he was so surrounded, and the person interviewing him, it's this, uh, a woman is interviewing him, and I don't know how tall he is, but she was not tall. <laughs> and so the picture of it would have been like, I was picturing like love trying to have a conversation with Foji, you know, with their height difference, with a whole ton of people surrounding them, yelling at them and taking pictures, you know, and all you can see is this little microphone sticking up, but she's trying to interview him. And Tom Brady would not even pay attention like he wasn't being rude to her, but he would not begin the interview until he spoke to the quarterback. Um, 
of the Rams, which I can't imagine. He was 22 or 23. Like, what it was like to be there, the youngest quarterback in history, but then to be suffering, you know, from a loss like that. And um, and I just saw Tom Brady reach out to him and, like, really talk to him. It wasn't just, like, this functionary hug. He really spoke to him, like, just... It was just lovely. Like, and he wouldn't do the interview till he spoke to the quarterback. And there was one other player on the Rams. And once he had, he had just, just connected with each of them. Then he did the interview, and that was, that was pretty amazing. And just a picture. Again, he's not calling us to be at war. He's calling us to be connected. And when we are, there's really victory for everybody. So. <laughs> That is my Super Bowl commentary. And then just one other thing quickly, I just think it's good for everyone to know. Uh, in our Hebrew calendar, we are actually in a leap year. So it's sundown uh, this evening. We will enter into the month of Adar 1, which means we will also have an Adar 2 next month. And um, so the reason for that is the Hebrew people have always gone by the lunar calendar. So they would watch for when the crest of light would come into the moon to know it was a new month. The Gregorian is solar. And so in the, the Gregorian calendar, days are, months are either 30 or 31 days long, except for February. Um, and then, but in the Hebrew calendar or the lunar calendar, days are um, 29 or 30 days long. And so what happens is we end up with this uh, imbalance, for lack of a better word, between the two calendars. And the sages, centuries and centuries ago, put in place a leap year so we could reconcile. Again, I just am seeing this happening along with this picture in the Super Bowl so that we could reconcile or become one again. So basically in the Hebrew calendar, there's 354 days. And in Gregorian, there's 365 days. And so it's an 11 day, it becomes an 11 day differential. And when it comes to that, there's a reconciling that happens. So in the Gregorian calendar, it's one day is added, but in Hebrew, a month is added. And that month is Adar 1. And so the Adar we have in every Hebrew calendar becomes Adar 2. So Adar, when it's a leap year, there's a phrase for leap year, which I, I know that I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to try. But it means leap year or pregnant year. So the amazing thing about that is it isn't just saying the month that's added is pregnant. It's saying the whole year becomes pregnant through this reconciliation. And so what that means is the year is full of things for us to find. So there's, there's a discovery of every day, always, but there's a deeper discovery um, at this time because there's a fullness and for us to find. And so the other thing about Adar and its meaning is it means, um, it's this added month is called the happy month. <laughs> and, uh, but 
it says as soon as it begins, joy increases. So here's the significant thing about that is if joy increases, it means there was already joy to begin with. And the joy, the word joy in that context of the meaning is simka. And that word for joy means to be connected to him. And so it's an increase in connection. It's an increase in our relationship. It's a deepening of our relationship. That yes, we can do every every day, and, and I hope we all do, but He gives us appointed times. He gives us signs and seasons that He wants us to enter into fully. So uh, for me, I'm like, oh man, I want to increase. I want that connection with you to increase. And for all my happiness, all my... Um, joy to come from you, and and I've just been I'm having dreams about it for um, weeks, and uh, and I didn't realize until I was getting things ready to write write a email related to the new month at Rosh Hadesh that we actually were entering into a leap year. So I was I was pretty excited about it. He wants our joy to be full so much that he fills a whole year with the reminder to stay connected to Him, to stay with Him, and that is where our fullness comes from. That is where our joy truly comes from. Let's do that. Yeah. And lots of it. Yeah. All right. Lots to discover in this year, then. Yes. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, we will um, not do a podcast next week. Because <laughs> we'll do winter tea instead. Yeah, we'll do winter tea, and so there won't be a podcast next week. Um, but we will hopefully see a lot of you next week. Yes, and uh, and then we'll be back to podcast the week after that. When we always think we have nothing left to say, but we always find something. So yes, all right, love ya, love you. <laughs>